welcome to today's segment of Plan Charlotte's Talk of the Towns podcast. Today we're speaking with Penelope Karagunas. She is the planning director for Lancaster County, South Carolina, which is right over the state line from the fast-growing city of Charlotte. She's been on the job since um, 2012 and has been in Lancaster County working as a planner since 2004. She is a UNC Charlotte alum. I have to put in a plug oh, yes. for UNC Charlotte. And she is working in one of the fastest growing suburban areas in the Charlotte region. So we're going to talk to her a little bit about um, how do you handle fast suburban growth in, in a county that is split between fast growing suburbia and slow growing, slow growing rural areas. Um, so you're dealing as a planner with huge growth. Um, the city of Charlotte grew 43% from 2000 to 2014, but the unincorporated Indian land area just south of Charlotte grew 209% during that same time. When you took the job, did you know that this kind of growth was headed your way? Um, you know, I've been in Lancaster County from 2004. I started out as a planner, and in 2012, I, I became the planning director. And uh, at that time, I, I, I knew that there was so much growth occurring, specifically from when the Carolina um, Lake Sun City Development Retirement Community, a lot of that fueled um, the growth um, for Indian land. Also, the way that the spillover growth from Charlotte was occurring with the connection to 485 and Johnston Road, that also, um, you know, fueled the, the, the more growth into Lancaster. So you grew up in Charlotte. And you, I did. You watched the fast growth in South Charlotte. As, we, as I drove down to meet you in the Indian land at the Del Webb Library in Indian land, I saw strip development after strip development after strip development. It was as though I was driving down Albemarle Road in the 1990s or maybe South Boulevard in the 1970s. Uh -huh. So what can you do as a planner to keep Indian land from replicating all the mistakes that Charlotte made? Well, one of the dilemmas that we have, you know, crossing the state line, we have different regulations. And the reason why you see so much strip development is a lot of that property on Highway 521 is your highway commercial district. And in our current unified development ordinance, it allows for certain strip centers like that. And over the years, specifically after I became the planning director, we... Um, designed a highway corridor overlay district and we're trying to create better aesthetics for the buildings that are um, along 521. Now we cannot um, dismiss all the strip centers um, because again they're allowable uses in a highway commercial district. We passed what may be the largest Walmart parking lot I've ever seen. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about how that Walmart Supercenter came to be. Well, if you know, Mary, um, there was a lot of stuff in the news, um, especially for South Charlotte, Marvin Road in Union County, and also Waxhaw. Probably around 2004, 2005, they, um, Walmart wanted to locate in the southern part of um, South Charlotte. And those communities did not allow 
the Walmart Supercenter to occur. Well, they found this parcel. It's the first parcel when you come into Lancaster County, and it was Zone B3, General Commercial District, and it was allowed. It was a use by right. So the planning department, we really didn't have any authority. I mean, they knew that the property was zoned for um, your highway intense commercial, and they just came and received a zoning permit and then a building permit. So our hands were tied. We could not really stopped um, the, the actual Walmart Supercenter. But now that we do have the Highway Corridor Overlay District, any new commercial projects, we can basically um, enforce parking lots to be hitting, more um, landscaping, better signage. You know, we're going into the monument signs and just have better aesthetic um, regulations. I think that Walmart had the largest retention pond I've ever seen. It was about the size of, I don't know what, um, Lake Erie maybe. <laughs> um, but I think there's an endangered species down there. Yes. The federal government um, identified that the Carolina Hill Splitters is along the Six Mile Creek. And based on um, developing that Walmart, it took them a number of years to work with fish and wildlife to make sure um, to protect that species. Do you know if, it, if the protections are working? I really don't know. I know there's a mitigation bank. Um, what they've done, they've allowed developers to buy credits, and they're preserving that species um, further south um, to maintain um, the Carolina Hill Splitters. Um, so we did a wonderful drive around. Thank you very much for your chauffeuring duty. Oh, you're welcome. And it was this really interesting mix of very suburbanized strip development, a lot of large new subdivisions, and some really rural farmland. Mm -hmm. And as I drove south from Indian Land to the county seat of Lancaster, where we're sitting right now, lovely historic downtown, um, more and more the land was rural. And the southern part of the county, I think, is just almost completely rural. Exactly, how, it how is. How do you as a planner manage those very different cultural expectations? It's very challenging. Um, you know, the count, Lancaster County is a polarized county. You have the urbanized area to the north, and then the southern part of it is very rural. And because I'm the planning director for Lancaster County, I have to look at both aspects of the urbanized and the rural. And that makes it very challenging to create regulations for both um, portions of the county. And that has been a lot of controversy over the years where people that live in Indian land, they like to see more um, restrictive urbanized regulations. And it's very difficult to pass um, when it goes to county council. Um, for instance, you know, when I started in 2004, we were trying our best with text amendments to increase our buffer standards. And every time we would go to the planning commission, they would make a recommendation to approve. When we went to county council, we had um, citizens from the southern part of the county that did not want to have the, the, the strict um, buffers, and those text amendments would not get passed. Now, you know, fast forward to 2012 and even today, you know, we did start that highway corridor overlay that specifies north of Highway 75 to the state line. We do have this corridor frontage that we want to preserve and have a little bit more buffer standards. And we're also working on a major unified development ordinance rewrite. Um, this county did not get zoning until 1998. 
they were rushed to get zoning. Um, at the time, there was only a planning director and a planner. Let me, let me back up and ask, why did they suddenly have to have zoning in 1998? I believe there was a state law for South Carolina that they, you know, they needed to have zoning. It is a home rule state, um, so they had to establish zoning, um, and they, you know, this county is, is very large, um, you know, 50 miles from the southern um, border to the northern um, county, and, you know, they got zoning. So, it, you know, it, if you think about it, it, they're really, Lancaster County is our newbies um, into zoning and land regulations. I mean, because it was just from 1998 that they, they started to have regulations. So they had their first zoning ordinance in 1998, so it might actually have been somewhat more progressive than a zoning ordinance that was based in the 60s, or maybe not. It, it really wasn't. I think it was just, you know, they needed to get an, a, an actual unified development ordinance, and now you have 18 years, um, you know, that, you know, we're working on, on the code. You know, planning... Planning has changed. It has evolved over the years, and specifically for the region, um, you know, a lot of more people are migrating from different um, metropolitan areas that want to have, you know, walkability. They want to have sidewalks. They want to have trails. So with this new unified development ordinance that we're preparing, we're trying to plan for the future for Lancaster County to have some progressive um, planning ideas. Um, for example, mixed-use developments, um, mixed-use districts. This county, Lancaster County, did not have a true mixed-use district component where you could see um, development occur and, and provide that walkability where people can, you know, buy a townhome and then move up and buy a single-family house and then walk to the actual coffee shop or something to have that mixed-use development. And that's something that we're hoping with this new unified development ordinance that it gives options to people that are living in Lancaster County, specifically in the urbanized area, um, what we've identified from our um, comprehensive plan. That was another document that um, was established and adopted back in 98, and it had not been re revised. Have you revised your comprehensive plan yes. in recent years? When was that? That was adopted in December of 2014, and that kind of opened the door um, in the, the dialogue conversation among county council members that, you know, we adopted this vision plan because that's basically what a comp plan is. It's not a zoning document. It's just a vision for your community and for your county. And there's a, a future land use map that's associated with the comprehensive plan. And they saw what they um, needed to change. And some of the, the aspects of the comprehensive plan that, that people wanted to see for Lancaster County, we didn't really have the correct zoning districts. And that kind of opened the door to let's get funding for a, a major unified development ordinance rewrite. And that, ha that started in 2015, January of 2015, and we're about to wrap that up. Now, we're, we're in the historic um, county seat of Lancaster. Do they have their own planning department, or is it a joint City-County Planning Department? No, actually, the City of Lancaster has their own um, planning commission, and um, they call it more of a building department, zoning, planning, zoning, building department, but they're very small, um, but they're, they're separate. Um, Lancaster County, my planning department, we're responsible for all of Lancaster County and also the town of Heath Springs and the town of Kershaw. 
Um, what are some of the most notable changes that, that you're thinking are going to end up in the Unified Development Ordinance? Well, one of the things is the flexibility of zoning districts. You know, in the current zoning district, um, we just have planned development districts. And basically, they're like your mini codes. Each developer would come in and write their own regulations. And that has been a nightmare for us planners because we have the, the, the first unified development ordinance, and then we have these planned development districts that basically write their own rules. So what we're creating now is mixed-use districts that really are true mixed-use development. So that will be a change. And some of the areas that the comprehensive plan identified as pedestrian centers, we're going to allow more density, but you're going to have to have that component of walkability. And also an another significant change is because I'm responsible for the whole entire county, when we did the comprehensive plan, there were some um, discussions of the community when we had open meetings with um, public engagement. A lot of the people that live in the rural areas love where they live. They love living on a one-acre um, property. They love having, um, you know, on the farm, um, some gardens, um, some animals as well. But one of their main, um, I guess, one of their main reasons um, that they live out there is for the quality of life, but they also, the younger generation, wants to have some economic opportunities like businesses. So one of the changes that we are doing with the UDO is we've created a rural business district, and before we did not have that. With um, communities, rural communities, there was always crossroads. And there's so many crossroads with different names. They're really, you know, some of them are on the map, some are not. You know, just being, you know, longtime residents of Lancaster County, a lot of people were telling me, because I'm a native Charlatan, I didn't even know that they existed, that there were crossroads and you had Buford Crossroad. And so those areas where there's an old, you know, gas station or some type of commercial building, they were never zoned properly. So now we've created this rural business so we can spur some economic opportunities because the people that live in those rural areas, their, uh, their, their number one complaint is they have to drive either to the city of Lancaster or they have to drive to Indyland or Charlotte for some type of business you know, local commercial opportunities. And so I think this is a very neat thing for the rural residents of Lancaster County. Now they could, you know, create some commercial opportunities in these rural areas that do not have um, commercial businesses. I know that the, the area of Indian land, which is not incorporated, uh, some of the residents have tried to get a petition, get enough signatures on a petition to have an incorporation vote. Where does that stand right now? What I've um, heard from the actual Indian Land Incorporation group that, you know, they formed an LLC and, and they're part of this group, they're still collecting signatures. They have not received the amount of signatures that the state um, mandates them in order for it to be on a referendum. So at this point, um, I know they're diligently trying for incorporation, um, but I, I, I do not know where they stand at this uh, moment. What's the approximate population of the part of the county that we're calling Indian land, which doesn't have any official borders? It doesn't have official borders, but it's known in the community. Basically, Indian land is north of Highway 75, um, where it goes towards Waxhaw, all the way north to the state line, and it's approximately 22,000 people. 
So that would be the biggest municipality in the county by far. Oh, yes. Yes. That may account for some of the skepticism on the part of some of the other residents. Um, you know, I think a lot of the dialogue of the old-time Indian land residents is basically... Um, you know, the issue of paying more taxes, um, you know, with, you know, if you become incorporated, you will have more services, but you're going to have to pay a county tax and a city tax. And, and that's the dialogue that people are having about weighing their options. Should we incorporate? Should we not? Um, just being a planner here for Lancaster County now 12 years and seeing so much growth in the the, the needs of the community, in my opinion, it needs to be incorporated because they, they would like to have more control over growth. And in order to have more control over growth, you know, a city, a municipality, to have your own unified development ordinance. Um, for people who are not familiar with the part of suburban Charlotte that we're talking about, Indian land is on this finger of Lancaster County that is between the fast-growing South Charlotte development of Ballantyne and the fast-growing York County um, area around Fort Mill. So it's been right in, if you will, the bullseye of growth. It has. And ever since, you know, 485 connecting Johnston Road into Indian land, that has basically opened Pandora's box um, of development, um, the extension. And, you know, just geographically speaking, you know, we have, you know, we're in South Carolina and we have that state line, but it's really a whole region. The whole region is growing. You know, um, people are moving from all over the country to the Carolinas. And a lot of times people, the reason for the spillover growth is for lower taxes. You know, they're leaving South Charlotte and they keep on moving further south. Um, and then also the quality of life, because like you stated, you know, there are parts of Indian land that are still rural. So people move into Lancaster County because they don't want to pay city taxes. And they're shocked to learn that it's a volunteer fire department and they do have to pay special taxes for the fire department. They, I guess, get sheriff's deputies for law enforcement. The county provides sheriff's deputy. And, oh. and they don't, what about like medic? So what, what are the services that they are suddenly realizing, wait a minute, you get what you pay for. We're not paying taxes and we're not getting... Exactly. It's basically, you know, the sheriff department, fire, EMS, um, because, you know, the EMS is, is countywide. Um, so there's been strains on those departments that they've had to um, ask for more money when, it, you know, in front of the budget time with county council for more deputies um, for India land. But it is all one county. You know, there's not city police. So it's the it's the sheriff department. And there, it has put a strain on them. They just recently have... Um, an actual substation up in Indian Land. Um, long time ago, they, they would have to drive all the way down to Lancaster um, to file the paperwork. So now they do have a substation up in Indian Land. So if you get arrested for, for example, driving while intoxicated in Indian Land, you no longer have to be hauled down to Lancaster to the county jail. You, yeah, pretty much. I mean, you can, you know, do the paperwork, and then they'll they'll, they'll commute you down to Lancaster for a ride. I know that South Carolina has a looser, looser restrictions on impact fees than North Carolina. North Carolina, you can't do impact fees unless the legislature tells you. And, and impact fees are essentially a, a fee that developers pay 
um, to help lessen their impact on the services. County finances. Mm-hmm. So, so what's the status of whether Lancaster County has impact fees or is going to have impact? Well, when we started on the Unified Development Ordinance, there was discussion with county council members um, about an impact fee. And um, we basically hired Catawba Regional Council of Governments to do an impact fee study. And we are basically, actually, it's, it's quite funny, I just got a fresh copy of the actual impact fee study. It just came in um, this morning. Because this is radio, let me say that she is waving around <laughs> a printed document with a blue sticky note on it. Yes, that says Penelope um, study, impact fee um, land study. So, um, so you know, it's, I'm curious to see what the study says because today, you know, the only type of fee or Im- impact fees that we we can do in Lancaster County is development agreements. And development agreements are basically an agreement between the developer and the county. However, you know, when you ask for, for money, and right now, the um, cost for a development agreement is about $1,500 a rooftop. The developer, though, wants something in return. And what happens is they ask for variances. And again, the nightmare of being a planner regulating too many ordinances um, becomes apparent with the actual development agreement. And so we are hoping that this impact fee study will show that you know, there's a, there's greater impacts. I mean, we could collect more money than the actual $1,500. Um, what are the other big expenses that, that governments have to, um, what are the big expenses for governments in a fast-growing area is transportation. Um, can Lancaster County, could Lancaster County enact its own transportation tax, or would that have to go through the state legislature? You know, here recently, you know, we have an issue with roads. A lot of the roads in Lancaster County are state roads. Um, and, you know, everybody's driving to Lancaster County for um, for gas and stuff because we have a very low tax structure for gas. Um, so a lot of our roads are not good quality roads. Yeah, could you pass a pennies for progress type of sales tax if you wanted to? We did. We did. Uh, it was a capital sales tax and basically for um, repaving roads. So they identified certain roads that were state roads or county roads, and they've actually have improved some of the roads um, because of that penny tax. So one of the things that you were telling me was that um, because of the cost of street maintenance, which and there's no municipality in Indian land to, to pay for the street maintenance, that going forward, new subdivision streets are going to have to be maintained by homeowner associations. Talk a little bit about that. Yes, the the, um, the current county council adopted an ordinance of not taking any more roads and subdivisions. You know, they're no longer going to be county roads. They have to be um, constructed as a public street, but they will be privately maintained. Um, and, and so this is fairly new. Um, I, I think probably in the next 10 years, as the subdivisions have been there for a while, I believe we'll probably have some complaints, you know, coming to county council and asking, you know, why do I, does my HOA, why do I have to pay for the roads when I'm a citizen and I'm paying taxes? So I think there's going to be some dialogue and probably in the next 10 years, but the standards that we've created, you know, we've basically, they have to create, um, construct those roads like it would be a public street. So hopefully the high standards of the construction will actually last more than 10 years. 
Um, I want to go back and talk a little bit more about the suburbanization of uh-huh. this area. It's a very suburban model. Oh, that's yes. being built. A lot of cul-de-sac subdivisions. I don't know if they're cul-de-sacs. But they are. They are. Subdivisions with one entrance mm-hmm. on the main road. And that's been one of the problems that Charlotte has had, this very suburban form, which doesn't perform well when you get too many people. Too many people trying to drive, too mm-hmm. many people um, trying to, wondering why there's no transit system, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. How do you keep Lancaster County, or can you keep Lancaster County from just replicating all the mistakes that Charlotte made? It's very difficult because, first of all, you have to educate people about the need for connectivity, you know, the developers, and as well as the citizens, because, you know, we, we grew up in a society of cul-de-sacs, and people think, oh, this suburbia, America, you know, safety, and not to have cut cut through traffic. But one of the things that we are doing, we're providing a connectivity index ratio in our actual unified development ordinance that, you know, you need to provide connectivity or stub outs to commercial properties. That's part of the highway corridor overlay, um, as well as residential development. Because, you know, if you look at Lancaster County, the main connection is only 521. And we really do not have another parallel road other than um, Henry Harris Road. And a couple of years ago, um, because now parts of Lancaster County is part of the Rock Hill, Fort Mill area transportation, um, you know, I, I attend those meetings and I was like, can we preserve a corridor to start protecting it so we can expand a parallel road? And unfortunately, before I can adopt an ordinance with a corridor um, preservation plan, I have to have Lancaster County set aside money that the actual road will be will be built. And quite frankly, Lancaster County does not have the financial um, amount to to preserve that corridor. But that is a deep concern because 521 is it's going to become like. Um, Independence Road because there's so many, you know, as development comes, there's so many traffic lights. Now we are, you know, there's some, we, we are working together with SCDOT and we've created, you know, not to have, to have shared driveway cuts and to, you know, if you're at an intersection and, you know, don't have a cut on 521, use the secondary road to connect so we can help alleviate some of, um, some of those issues. But unfortunately, that should have been probably planned in the early 90s. Lancaster County is kind of unusual in that it's, it's, it's got one very small city and some other really, really small municipalities, and yet it's right next to this huge, mm-hmm. the largest city in the two Carolinas. Are there any other places around the country that you've kind of looked to as models for how do I manage this? Well, you know... Um, Really, I've tried to stay locally because I work for the county. Um, you know, a lot of the issues in the Beaufort County um, with Charleston and Mount Pleasant, with you know, that was also a, a smaller area and it has grown tremendously. So we've looked at them. I really haven't looked at other parts of the country. Um, you know, specifically, I've kind of stayed in house. In well, excuse me, in the actual state of South Carolina. Does that mean you're eating that mustard-based barbecue sauce? Oh, yes, yes. Oh, my. You're a traitor to your native state. Um, So if you had a magic wand, 
and could make any planning change you could for Lancaster County, irrespective of political sensibilities, what would you do? That's a good question. Um, first of all, you know, the rural communities, like the town of Kershaw, even the city of Lancaster and the town of he he Springs, there's infrastructure there. There's some old um, towns, um, the, the landscaping of the old buildings, architecture. I would love to draw some economic opportunities um, to those areas. Um, I, I believe Lancaster County is very unique. You have Catawba River. That is such a beautiful asset that the county has to provide more recreational opportunities to have destinations to Lancaster County, like to the city of Lancaster. Um, so I guess more opportunities for the southern part of the county um, from a planning perspective to fuel um, more parks and trails and recreation activities for Catawba River because it's lacking. And we have such a gem in the back um, back of our house here in Lancaster County, the Catawba River. Um, a second thing, using my magic wand for, for Indian land, is basically some way that we, with the transportation, to provide different modes of transportation. You know, have bike lanes, have sidewalks, have more trails with the Carolina Thread Trail, um, have different options for people to have um, different modes of transportation and have bus service. And who knows, could we have light rail in the future from Ballantyne straight to Indian land? I mean, that would be awesome. Thank you, Penelope, for talking with us. Penelope is the planning director for Lancaster County, South Carolina. Well, thank you so much. It's been an honor um, to talk to you, Mary Newsom, because I'm a Charlottean, and I've always enjoyed your articles and the viewpoint of the Charlotte Observer, and I'm very excited that you're working with Urban Institute because UNC Charlotte is very close to my heart. Go 49ers. And also, I have to um, talk about the Department of Geography and Earth Science. Those are some great professors that really laid the foundation for my future, and I owe them a lot. So I think you and the University of North Carolina at Charlotte is very blessed to have um, the Geography and Earth Science Department and their professors. Well, thank you for that great plug for the university where I work. And thank you, Penelope.